This is the Bushwick Variety Show. And I'm Alec the Third. Greetings, neighbors, friends, citizens of the world, and conscious beings of all various types. Thank you so much for listening to the Bushwick Variety Show. This episode features Matt Provencal. Matt is the creator and writer of King's Blade, a fantasy pilot that's getting made um, in the coming months. Um, I am honored to be cast as the King's advisor, Creston. I'm really looking forward to being a part of this project. Uh, one of my friends, Joanna Carpenter, who was on this project, or was on this podcast, I should say, uh, is also um, in this pilot that's about to get made. Uh, so I talked to Matt about writing the pilot, creating the pilot, fundraising for the pilot. Uh, the initial funding for the for the pilot has already been made, but um, we can always raise more, and the more we can raise, the more we can do. So the links are in the show notes. Uh, it's been a really fun year for me, um, and this is one of the most exciting ways to start the year is doing this project. We also talk about New York and how I've fallen in love with it again um, during the pandemic, during the midst of everything that we're going through. I don't want to be anywhere else right now, so I'm super ha- happy to be here. going to be going up upstate for a couple of days. Uh, still going to have an episode come out on Thursday, but uh, yeah, going to Gonna go upstate just to clear my head for a couple of days with my wife. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody, to you and yours. Um, I love you um, and know that you are loved by more people than you know. Um, and I hope that you, you know, take take a minute, love yourself. Um, remember, that's always like the hard work is learning how to love ourselves better. Uh, I got the vaccine yesterday. I encourage everybody to do the same when you can so that we can we can stop this thing. We can get back to normal and I can give you a hug in real life. I miss hugging strangers and acquaintances. So I'm going to turn the conversation back to Kingsblade, which uh, there will be some sword play. There will be some action. It is a fantasy pilot. And that was written by my guest today, Matt Provencal, Kingsblade. Let's have a conversation. I can see you. I can hear you. Um, you know, we might have the usual lag zoom that we sometimes have these days, but that's uh, that's the new normal. It really is, yeah. <laughs> so how are you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? Good, good. So thank you for, um, let me do this. It sounds like a lot of fun. So, oh yeah. Well, you know, thank you for inviting me into your project. Um, you did that, a great job. So <laughs> thank you. Um, and that definitely sounds like a lot of fun. So right off the bat, um, why don't you, you know, explain what that project is, uh, that we're talking about. We are talking about, um, a project called King's Blade. Um, it is a fantasy television pilot. Um, also, sometimes it's a proof of concept. Um, it's essentially the first episode of what I want to be a very long fantasy series. Um, we're going to make it, shoot it, and try and pitch it to television networks so they will give us money to make an entire season worth of it. And then hopefully that will catch on to another season and another so we can all get back to work. <laughs> yep. Uh, so when did you start writing 
that? Or when did when was kind of the inception of King's Blade? It was in uh, April slash May of 2019, and it came about... Oh, hold on. I'm going to have you say that again because you broke up right there. No worries. Um, it came right, out... The idea came about in um, April slash May of 2019. Um, I work for a catering company in New York, and we had just catered. Which one, um, by the way? <clears throat> Great performances. Oh, okay. I used to work for Restaurant Associates when I first first got here. Got yep. Gotcha. Yeah, I worked for um, Great Performances, and sometimes... Um, Oh my God, there's another one that I haven't, it's been so long, but uh, there's another one that I work for, but Great Performances was catering um, the season eight premiere party of Game of Thrones. And it was awesome. And at that point, I had actually never watched the show before. Um, I had tried to start Game of Thrones in the past, but it was too slow. And I was like, you know what? I, 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 I love this genre, but I can't get into this. Went to this event, catered the party, um, brought drinks to Jason Momoa and Peter Dinklage. Um, and Jason Momoa is the, first of all, he's the sweetest guy in the world. But secondly, he was like, Hey man, do you watch the show? I'm like, I'm ashamed of myself. No, I, I love this genre so much, but I've never seen it. He's like, go home and watch it. I think you'll like it. And I'm like, okay. So I went home and I watched the first four episodes of the show. And um, <clears throat> Sierra was out of town at the time. And she was like, well, hang on. I want to watch this with you. So start over and let's go through the whole thing together. We binged watched it. And at the end, I was like, I love this show. It's my new favorite show. I wish I could have you know, auditioned for it. And I was like, hang on a second. I have the power to write things. Why don't I just write my own fantasy project? So um, I put pen to paper. And after several drafts and several people coming and going in the project, we are now about two months away from shooting it. So it's really exciting. And just to recap that timeline, timeline. So <laughs> that party, you said that was 2019. Yeah. That was like April, late April, early May of 2019. Mm -hmm. um, and what has kind of been your favorite part of the writing process? Have you ever written anything before? I have written like YouTube sketches and like short video comics, <clears throat> excuse me, comedy sketches, but nothing to the magnitude of like an on-camera project that I would use for my reel or that I want to, you know, put out in the world and have it compete at festivals. Nothing like that, but I've written stuff, but not to this level of, I guess you could say magnitude. So mm -hmm. yes and no. <laughs> and, uh, and you mentioned kind of going, you know, people coming and going, now pretty much everything is ready on pre-production side kind of how did you go about doing that how did you do that <laughs> um it was difficult at first because i was like i have a bunch of great ideas and i don't know what to do with them so i, I originally contacted my two buddies I'm, I'm from california my two buddies from back home from, from school we have a youtube channel together and we had this we had this web series that ran for five years and it took us from 30 subscribers to 135,000 subscribers. Um, <clears throat> and I went to them to first help me, help me write the script. And then we wrote six drafts of it, raised $3,000. Then after a while, they're like, yeah, we can't make this work. We're on opposite coasts. I don't know how this is going to keep working. So they refunded all the money we made. I had to start back from, from scratch on the scripts. Um, so I basically just went on our good old friend, social media. And I asked around to people. I'm like, Hey, y'all, I have this project. 
trying to get it off the ground, but I need these pieces to help me. And people threw out recommendations. And one of the recommendations was um, my buddy Wes, who's playing um, the king in King's Blade. He's playing King Brennus, one of the main antagonists, uh, protagonists, my bad. Um, he's like, hey, reach out to my buddy Rob. He's a director. I'm like, okay, sounds good. Um, reached out to Rob, told him about the project. He loved it. Um, he's like, this sounds great. Just let me read the script if you have one and um, I'll get back to you. Um, and at this time I had taken the script to my buddy, Matt, who uh, went to NYU for film and he injected so much creativity and so much meat to the script. Like it was good before with my two pals from school, but when Matt touched it, he has like a magic touch when it comes to like writing things. So he wrote this screenplay and I was reading it and I was like, this is absolutely incredible. What'd you do? And he's like, I didn't do too much. I'm like, wrong you did a lot so i sent that script that draft of the script to rob and rob's like i'm in i'm like wait just like that he's like yep this is an incredible script and you are one of two people to ever come to me with the idea of having me direct one of their pieces who actually had a plan like you have a gofundme started you have a good script you have an idea you have a vision i'm like okay so once rob got on board um he brought a lot of people who we have now, like we have our producer, Randy, who is aboard now. Um, we've got a great um, director of photography coming on board soon. Um, I also reached out to one of my buddies from back home who actually lives in New York with me, who became, eventually he started off as an actor, just first of all as an actor, and then he slowly became my business partner on the project. We created an LLC um, and we scrounged together around so far, I think it's $30,000 of investor um, of investments for this project. So over time, he became kind of like my right-hand man on this project. Um, I still look back and I'm, I'm kind of baffled at how, you know, we were able to do this. I think it's because there are so many people who are, first of all, love this genre like myself, but also are like, you know what? I haven't felt this creatively excited in a long time. I'm, I'm all in. Let's do it. Like Nate was, Nate was telling me, Nate's the guy who was my business partner on this. He was telling me a couple weeks ago, he's like, I was telling some family about this and I got really, really, really jazzed up about it. So, you know, it's exciting and it's a lot of fun. I mean, it means we get to, you know, for the first time in what feels like eternity, we get to get back to work and create something special and get into a character and, you know, make a final project and it's going to be great. So it's been a long process. I don't know how I've stuck with it. There are definitely days where I felt like quitting and like, who am I kidding? This is too much. I can't handle it. But we just cast it, you know, about three weeks ago. I'm going to head back to New York in about two weeks after I get four teeth pulled tomorrow. <laughs> and um, then are those wisdom teeth or? Yeah, I have, I, ha I have essentially a wisdom tooth up on the top, top left of my jaw. What remains of one in the top right. And I have to have two molars in the back that are going to get pulled as well. So tomorrow, um, Tomorrow starts my out of commission on King's Blade for probably four or five days. But um, yeah, after that, we go back to New York and we have our first fight choreo rehearsal scheduled and we'll all be in the same time zone again. I'm, I'm getting more excited as each, each day goes on. So, and we're so close. I wrote this thing in 2019. We're finally, finally like two months away from shooting it. And it's, yeah, it's exciting, man. And I'm, once again, I'm glad you're going to be a part of it. Me too. Um, and it's really exciting to me to be a part of it as an actor um the fantasy genre is also super fun to me um, i was a huge game of, of thrones fan myself and then also 
to me, this project recommend or represents what I love about working in New York, which is, I really feel like, I mean, it happens in LA too, but New York is like, there's a lot of art that's created just like that. Like people are like, yeah, let me do this thing. Um, a lot of things start and never go anywhere, but the things that do, I think when they get to a certain level, they get a certain amount of momentum. Yeah, other people get excited about being a part of them as well. Um, Cause there's a hunger to be involved with that type of work and work with people like that. So yeah, what's kind of been your favorite part of the process so far? I think it's just been a lot of fun with all the pieces coming together. I mean, I've like in the past, I've reached out to, you know, people like, Hey, would you want to be a part of this? And like, Oh, sure. It sounds fun. Then they read the script and they're like, Oh my God, yes. I want to be a part of this. Let's go do it now. I'm like, we can't do it now. We have to, we still have work to do, but seeing everyone come together, like, like our production team just begun having like weekly production meetings together um, at the beginning of this year and just seeing like, you know, <clears throat> The cast, the cast is all, we've officially cast every single part. I remember during our callbacks, we were looking for one part we couldn't find for a week. We just cast it. All those pieces are together. Um, I've scheduled a fight rehearsal. So all of our actors who fight in the project are going to, are coming together. Um, our director, Rob is bringing on a bunch of people he knows who have read the script and who are like, I'm, let's, this is going to be awesome. I have a great bunch of great ideas already. Seeing all the pieces come together when I never thought they would, which I thought they would, but I thought it'd be a very long and treacherous dangerous like who am i kidding am i biting off more than i could chew kind of road it's really happening like I, this is this began as a dream in my head and i wrote it on a piece of paper and i typed it up and now now it's happening so it's just I, i'm still blown away that something i wrote we get to turn into a reality soon that's something um so that i have in common with you that i'm trying to like share with people and also lights me up when I explain it. But writing really is magical to me. Um, there's a couple of things that like I just completed and submitted for basically like, like this week, like earlier in the week. And who knows what's going to happen with them, but there's something about finishing like a draft even like a, of a new thing where all of a sudden it's an idea in your head, but by putting it on paper, it becomes more real. Absolutely. And then as you've seen, like it can actually then become even more real. It becomes an actual thing, you know? Absolutely. I mean, actually I was going to say add to that um, during the whole shut, like ever since things shut down in early 2020 to right now, writing has actually been the thing that's kept me artistically happy because I, you know, I never thought I was good at it. So I kind of never tried tackling it. But once I, you know, wrote this story that, you know, my co-writer who I absolutely look up to like crazy loved and our director who I look up to like crazy loved, I'm like, maybe I'm not too bad at this. And since then I've like, I actually just finished writing a, a short film that I plan to make after Kingsblade is done a lot less of a, of an, of an undertaking. It's like, I think it's like nine pages where Kingsblade's like 25 and it'll be, you know, maybe 12 minutes total. And then I'm working, I just started writing this. Um, I had an idea for a new web series, um, like a live streaming web series that I'm writing. I wrote three episodes of that today. And for, I don't know, I've discovered that during this pandemic, when we can't like audition for theater, when that's all like, that's, that's our bread and butter, really. Let's, let's be real. We all like have this one art form that we're just 
we absolutely love, we can't do it right now. We got to find other ways to be creative. And like you, I found that writing, writing has kept me artistically happy and mentally happy throughout this entire ordeal that we're going through. Mm -hmm. And even when things go back to normal, I've discovered that, you know what, if I feel like, oh man, I'm not, you know, I'm not booking work. I can write my work. Yeah. There was, a book, there was actually a book that I read. I have it on the shelf over there. It's um, an actor's life, a survival guide by Jenna Fisher from the office. That book honestly saved my, my mental state. Cause I, before the pandemic, I was thinking like, I was like, who am I kidding? Maybe I should just, I'm about, I'm going to turn 30 in a couple of months. Maybe I should just go get a good job at ESPN as my backup career. Cause I love sports. I'm like, we just do my camera, do theaters, community theater and get a real job. Like something like settled, like steady and stuff. And then I read this book. I'm like, this is what I needed to hear. And I was saying that I was like, man, I was told, telling Sierra, my wife, I was like, I wish I had found this book earlier. And she's like, you found it right when you needed to. You mm -hmm. found it at the exact time you read that those passages of Jenna saying, when you're not working, write something you can star in. You found that at the exact time you needed to. And I was like, you're, you're absolutely right. And um, anybody listening, I recommend Jenna Fisher from The Office, An Actor's Life, A Survival Guide. It is a spectacular read. And it's really, really encouraging. Um, I've reread it like four times since I bought it. And it never fails to like, you know, lift my heads up and my spirits up. And I love it. So yeah, writing is one of my new favorite things to do. So even when things go back to normal, I'm going to keep writing all I can because it's fun. Yeah. Um, are you familiar with Seth Godin at all? Absolutely. Um, um, I, took, um, I took a shift with Jen Waldman. Me too. Seth Godin a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That was my introduction to Jen Waldman was shift and it was mind blowing for me. Oh man. Same. Um, but that's something Seth Godin talks about, which I've been trying to incorporate is the daily writing practice. Um, and it's like, that's on top of, yeah, working on playwriting, working on like other types of creative writing, just having that daily writing practice has been so crucial. And it's been like something I've been learning to do and come coming back to it. But yeah, like similar to you, when we go back to whatever the next normal is, I just really like the idea of having something that no matter what I write, you know, like I make things. <clears throat> I'm actually supposed to go do, we'll see what happens, but I'm supposed to go do a production of kinky boots in April. Um, probably won't happen in April, but it was a more realistic, more realistic chance of it happening in like September or October when they would reschedule it for. Even if I get to go do that, when I'm out there doing that, I will still, sit at my laptop every single day and I will write something just because it's really lifted my spirits in a way I never thought it could. And I, it's a lot of fun. You get to just, it's one thing to get into a character and help like, you know, you know, commit to a world when you write, you're making that world by yourself. Like you're creating that world from scratch and it's just so much fun. And I, <clears throat> I actually, the short film that I just wrote, I sent it to one of my friends cause I wanted her to be in it. And I was like, oh, she's going to hate it. And then she wrote it. She's like, why did you end the script there? I'm like, was it bad? She's like, no, it was good. I wanted more. If you wanted more out of that script, that means it was good. I'm like, maybe I'm not too bad at this. So, and also I've been going on Skillshare a lot to like, you know, watch these videos about like, you know, you know, like with like writing techniques for certain genres and 
how to write a better screenplay. And it's really eye-opening. It's great. Yeah. I haven't really used uh, Skillshare yet. You recommend it then? Uh, Sierra showed it to me and I, I was like, okay, well, we'll check it out. And I went on there. I'm like, holy crap, this is a massive amount of help and information. And it's, it's really great. Absolutely recommend it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, speaking of Sierra, um, it seems like both of you, like that's like a really good partnership um, outside of the romantic partnership. Cause she's also pretty proactive in creating opportunities. Yeah. And I think it's, it's funny for anybody who's listening, if, um, if you're an actor and you say like, Oh, I could never date another actor. It's really, really, really beneficial. Like I couldn't imagine if Sierra or myself was like, I don't know, an accountant or somebody who is not involved in the arts. Cause whenever one of us comes home from an audition and we feel like we tanked it, you know exactly what the other person is going through. So it's like, okay, I've been here before. I had a crappy audition yesterday. I'm aware of it. But yeah, besides, you know, just us being, you know, romantically paired, you know, she, she was like, I'm trying to keep up with you. You're being so creative lately. I'm like, I'm really not. She's like, you really are. And that inspires me to want to create more too. So she's learning how to like edit videos and she's going to buy a camera soon so she can make her own videos. And she's, you know, doing graph, um, graphic design for people. And she's, so I was also discovering how to like, you know, take on that producer role. So when things come back, she'd like kind of maybe split her time in front of the table and behind the table. So yeah, she's, she's doing well. And I'm really proud of her for keeping busy. And she seems, we both miss theater. Everyone does, but she seems to be artistically staying afloat in a great way because of all the stuff she is doing as well. Mm -hmm. um, and something my wife asks me sometimes and I kind of know the answer, but uh, for you, discovering this love of writing, do you like have a preference of writing versus acting or kind of how do you think about those? I'm kind of actually, I, I like doing them both. I, I, I would like to, this sounds a little arrogant, but I think some of the greatest directors of all time have done this multiple times, like Mel Brooks, for example, um, where I like to write something and cast myself in it, either not Sometimes not. Sometimes it's the main character if I feel like I can bring a lot to it, or sometimes it's like something supporting. Like for all the for all the remaining stuff, I have a couple of things working on where I want to write myself as one of the main characters, and I have somewhere I want to write myself as like a smaller supporting character. I would love to have that balance. Mel Brooks is a great example where like he wrote all of his own stuff and directed it, but he was also in it half the time um, to get a balance of both. Because I do love acting where I can you know step into a character and you know get to perform it. But also there will definitely be times where I'm like, you know what? I just want to write this. I'll let everyone else, you know, take the reins. Like the, I, you saw that I posted on Facebook. I'm, I want to try to write like a political sci-fi piece yeah. as my next really, like I wrote a, I wrote a, a sports short film. That's when I wrote it. Was just, it was, it's a football film. Finished that. I'm writing this web series that I want to do live streaming by myself. I've got three of the five first episodes done of that. Um, when I'm done with that, like when I have the first five shot and done, I want to continue back on this political sci-fi piece. And that's a piece where I want to write it, but I want to play like a smaller supporting character. So everyone else can kind of like, you know, take the reins on that. Like that's a piece where I'm like, I'm cool playing a smaller, not like a one line part, like a, like a supporting character who's not, who's me in like a handful of scenes. Mm -hmm. All the other heavy lifting, I would love to be done by other people because for this particular piece, the political sci-fi one, I want to put more 
effort into, you know, the screenplay and the writing and make sure it flows well and it runs well and the characters are interesting and yada, yada, yada. So I would say a balance of both. I, I still have a love for acting and I'm excited to, you know, be on camera for King's Blade. But I also feel some pride in the fact that I wrote this. So mm-hmm. um, I would definitely will not do I just one or the other. I want to stick to both. Um, a lot of people in this business nowadays do everything. Yeah. Like, you know, people direct things, people produce things, write, act, um, market, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the key, which you obviously, by this approach, I can tell you do this. The key is... Like if you're in it and you wrote it, then you want to have other people in, like other eyeballs in the creative team yeah. to balance it out. Um, yeah, because yeah. I've seen I've seen people direct, write, and act on something, and it can be hard if you don't have like an outside eye. Because when you're acting, you can't really see yourself. You can see yourself on playback, but yeah there are some examples as well where people direct write and star in things and it works out well there are some examples where it doesn't but like for this next short film i plan to um i wrote it and i'm in it i also plan to direct it but i've sent it to um my co-writer from king's blade when i came in i want to make sure that this is like my directorial debut i want to make sure it's you know not terrible take a look at it I mean, when he constructive criticism, he's like, I'll get back to you when I have time. I'm like, sure. It's times like that where I'm like, if I'm going to be directing and writing and starring in it, I would love those outside voices to make sure it's not like, well, this is just glorifying you. It's like, no, I would like to, I would like to not have it be that. I'm like, let's, let's make sure this thing is not an eyesore. So like, um, I don't know if people watching have ever seen the room. Um, (laughs) I absolutely love The Room. It's one of my favorite movies. It's so funny. It will never not be funny. But that's a prime example of where if you write, star, produce, and direct it, things can go wrong. <laughs> mm. It's so, yeah. also funny, though, because like as bad as that movie is, as somebody who also aspires to that kind of career as well, not to his kind of career, but to like yeah. more like the Clint Eastwoods and, and those types. Um, I, I respect that while it was a disaster, he still like pulled it off. Like he still made the thing. Absolutely. And I, um, if you haven't seen it, recommend it for you and anybody else listening. Um, they made a movie out of the making of the room. It's called the disaster artist. It came out in 2014 with James Franco and his brother, Dave. And I actually bought that movie because first of all, it's hilarious and it's very well made and shot. But as an actor, as an artist, whenever I watch that, it inspires me because I'm like, God damn, against all odds, these guys broke into the business. It wasn't the way they wanted to, but they still did it. And just and throughout the movie, their process of like meeting in an acting class, moving to Los Angeles and struggling and feel like quitting until they have an idea of writing their own project. I'm like, that is what every actor should experience at times where like, if you're experiencing, like, I feel like quitting, who am I kidding? Yeah. Use your creativity and your imagination, write something that you can do for all, you know, it could turn into something amazing mm-hmm. and you get to feel happy while you're writing it. So I've watched the disaster artist and the room so many times because I love it. It's also so bad. It's great, but also you're right. There is something very admirable about, you know, both of those movies. It's like against all odds, you did it. 
And that's, yeah. that's really inspirational. Yeah. Um, where is King's Blade going to be shot? Funny story. So there was a, there is a location in the Bronx. It's called Wave Hill. It's a botanical garden wedding venue area. We had wanted to shoot there because um, Wes, who's playing the King, he and I work for the same catering company. We've worked there multiple times. They know Wes, they know myself. Um, and I had mentioned to them, I talked to them about this like back in 2019 when I first had the idea. The day I got the idea, I worked at this location. I'm like, hey, I want to shoot a project here. What would you charge? And they're like, we'll talk. We know you. We know your catering company. We know you're you're good for it. Since then, we've talked and we've discussed that, um, we've discovered that it's um, unbelievably expensive, <laughs> yeah. even, for, even for struggling artists. So so with our um, with our budget, we have a decent sized budget, even though it's not a whole lot in retrospect, but because Wave Hill is going to be too pricey, we are going to try and location scout when I get back to New York. It will either be shot somewhere north of New York. Maybe if we can afford it, it'd be nice to go shoot it in the Catskills. I don't know. Maybe somewhere in New Jersey or, or Pennsylvania, kind of like in the woods area, but majority of this project takes place in a forest. So it has to be somewhere that's relatively secluded, but also close to civilization. Like I wouldn't want to go like, I wouldn't want to go deep, deep, deep into the um, Poconos to shoot this, but we also can't be so close to where, you know, if we're shooting a scene, someone says action and you hear like a, a car horn or something like that. Right. Um, so majority of this will be shot somewhere in the tri-state area in as woodsy of an area as possible, but also somewhat close to where, you know, we don't feel like we have to walk five miles into the woods away from where we park the cars. Mm -hmm. Um, so stay tuned for that. It'll be shot somewhere in the tri-state area, but we will have to location scout together when I am back in New York City. And speaking of that, uh, I know the initial money has already been raised, but I also know that the more money we can raise, uh, you know, the more we can raise the production value and, you know, festivals, to submit to festivals, a lot of people didn't don't know this, but it's not just that you submit and you fill out a form um, and if they like your work, you go. A lot of festivals cost money. A lot of festivals cost a lot of money. Yes. Um, so that's like a whole other side to, you know, on top of all the costs that comes with making something, then trying to get it out and seen by people costs a whole lot of money too. So how can people support this project? It's a great question. Um, yeah, we have a decent amount raised, but also more is always better. It means more money for the actors, better catering each day, you know, more crew members to make it look better, everything you possibly think of. Um, so there are several ways to support it. Um, there is a GoFundMe link um, that I've been sharing everywhere, social media, emails, um, everywhere. And I would say I've done a decent job at it because the GoFundMe was started by myself and there's about 18,600 something on that GoFundMe, in addition to the funds we already, we've already raised. And that's from mainly friends and family. But I do a live stream every single um, Saturday on my YouTube channel to just tell people, you know, weekly updates that have happened on the project. Um, and those updates can be like, we added a cast member, we got this prop piece, we had a meeting with so-and-so, and we talked about XYZ. Um, 
I've been doing those live streams for about, uh, let's say 10 months now. And every couple of weeks I have a guest on the stream, whether it's my, you know, whether it's like, you know, my fight guy, director, cast member, whatever. Um, there's an entire playlist on the YouTube channel. If people would care to check that out. Um, those have been the biggest ways people can support the project. They can, you know, go watch the streams, hear what's happening. Where's, um, where are the streams? It is at youtube.com slash Matt Provencal, capital M, capital P. Um, and on my channel, there's this playlist. It says King's Blade playlist. There's about like 30 videos of streams on there. So if people wanted to go all the way to the beginning, there's also a concept video of um, me just saying, where I got the idea for the project, why I wanted to make it and how I plan to make it. Um, that's the first video in the stream. Those are the biggest ways. There's a GoFundMe and people in the cast and crew have been sharing that with family and friends to kind of get the word out more and more and more. Um, and so far it's, it's doing okay. And um, we have decided, I think we, we all said there was a date. I think it was April 1st. Come April 1st, whatever money we have is what we're going to roll with. If we reach our goal, great. If we don't, we've already passed the first two goals. So um, we'll still have a lot to work with and they'll still be able to make us happen and pay people and it'll be awesome. But of course, as you said, more is better. I will say right now we have around like 40, before any, any costs leave the bank we haven't paid for yet, we've got about 45,600 raised total which is great. And for us, that's a lot. If you know TV and film on TV and film that pays like the catering budget, <laughs> just the catering budget. So in retrospect, it's a lot, but for this, like in film and TV, it's really not, but we are going to make it work and it's going to be great. And the goal before April 1st is try and get to 50 K. Mm -hmm. Original goal was 30 past it. Then it was 40 past that. 50 is the new one. And uh, I think we actually can make it. We're pretty close. Yeah. Uh, and that YouTube link, is that the best place for people to find you or where, if people want to follow more of like what you're up to, uh, where yeah. else can people find you? I forgot about that. Actually, there I was wrong. There is also an Instagram page for Kings Blade. It's just a Kings underscore blade underscore pilot. Um, it is also connected to my Instagram, which is just instagram.com slash m-a-t-t-y-t-h-e-p maddie the p um the youtube channel i was actually just using mainly for king's blade stuff but recently one of my buddies back home was like yeah once you reach four thousand hours of watch time you can become a youtube partner where you can monetize your channel so i'm like oh good goal to have so the web series that i'm writing is to try and get watch hours to become monetized so i can be more creative on another level as well not just writing not just acting but also using a platform like YouTube to perform and entertain and just have fun with that. Um, so yeah, the YouTube youtube.com slash Matt Provencal is a channel I'm becoming more and more active on. Um, King's blade pilot is another way to follow the progress and the work. Um, and I'm all over social media. I have Twitter, I have Facebook. I don't want to have half this stuff, but casting directors encourage you have it. Um, I actually deleted my Twitter and then I made another one because people were like, yeah, casting directors check twitter a lot I'm like okay fine so <laughs> made new twitter didn't care to do so but i did so um and they're all the same maddie the p is my handle on twitter same thing with uh, facebook and same thing with instagram so uh, i'm all over the webs <laughs> in a good way nice 
Um, yeah, and there's a read through coming up soon, right? I mean, I guess people don't need to know about this, but we're talking. That's okay. Um, so it's, <laughs> yeah, it's funny having this conversation being new to the cast. So it's like I'm asking you some questions in real time, um, both as this podcast host and um, as a cast member, kind of learning what's coming next in real time. So yeah, so do you know when the full read-through is happening? We I do not know yet. We are mulling a couple of dates over. Um, it will not be until at the very earliest sometime next weekend because I have to be back in New York um, and healed from my surgery to be a part of the read-through. I don't want people to have me read my lines because, you know, want to be a part yeah. of it as well. Um, we are discussing one particular date. We have to try and solidify that when we all talk um, at our Friday meeting. Today is Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we are trying to get contracts sent out to the cast tomorrow morning. So keep your eyes peeled for that. <laughs> Spoiler alert, you're the first person to know that. <laughs> um, because, you know, we wanted to try and get contracts out before the first fight rehearsal happens and before the read-through happens. So once you sign things, it's kind of like the like the first cast rehearsal of, you know, the show. Yeah. Um, so yeah, contracts should go out hopefully tomorrow. I will follow up with our producer on that. And yeah, the read through is supposedly supposed to be sometime between like the 19th and the you know, 25th. Um, we haven't solidified yet, but it's coming up soon. So we actually had, I had someone text me about it this morning. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be soon. And then uh, speaking on like kind of scheduling, I know the shoot is planned, you know, this spring. What do you plan? What's kind of the plan for like post-production editing and stuff like that right now? I know that that can always change, but. Um, we are still trying to figure a good chunk of that out. I know that everyone will um, on the crew will remain attached to the project, but um, uh, some of those hoops we have not jumped through yet because I've been told like, hey, shoot, we'll, we'll worry about that, you know, either halfway through the shoot, you know, before we start shooting, like a week before we start shooting or after we're done. Um, but we will probably need to raise some more money for post-production because I didn't realize that post-production is going to cost. I thought it was just like as simple as like, take the footage, edit it. It's like, nope, got to pay the editor, got to pay this. Um, there are perks and rewards for those who have donated to the GoFundMe. Um, I would like to try and get those drawn up and sent out to people. Um, so there's going to be like a whole entire marketing thing. Um, there will be a trailer made. There will be posters and stuff made to try and get like, you know, uh, Rob called it like, a, no, it wasn't Rob. Somebody else called it like the sizzle to where like, you know, yeah. build up to where like, you're like, oh, what is this? You see, I'm seeing posters and stuff for it. Oh, it's cool. Um, so that the time, when the time comes for us to submit it to either festivals or to networks, people will be like, oh yeah, I've heard of you. So there's going to be an entire ordeal when shooting it. When shooting is done, that's not the end of it. We have to, market the posters and you know send them out to people got to find an editor who we don't want to short change but also like has to work within our budget um <clears throat> that's an entire different beast we have to yeah tell. and i actually thanks for reminding me i need to like email people and say like our, our team and say hey when the time comes we should begin talking about post-production because we're gonna blink and the shoot will be done and then mm -hmm. post-production is the next step. So 
thanks for the reminder. Got to talk to them about that too. It may seem a far away, but it's, it's really not. So. Yeah. Um, but I have faith in you, you know, I mean, I know it seems like a long time, but like you said, 2019 from now, two years, like that's actually pretty fast. Yeah. Um, so that shows a level of focus. And also I think, you know, some things, you know, as writer, as a creator, some things move quicker than others. And there's not like, you can't force how that happens sometimes, but yeah. Yeah. Or it's happening. And you know what? I, I agree that it's been kind of fast, but it's been good because I think I've gone at a, at a, a healthy pace. Yeah. There days where I'm like, I got to keep going. I got to keep going. And I'm like, Nope, I should take a rest. I should, you know, clear my head for a bit. And I think I've done a decent job of uh, at approaching this from like pacing myself as opposed to like trying to get everything knocked out in um, like a couple months, but also I've thought about and in the back of my head throughout this entire thing. I've thought, I don't want to settle. Don't settle. If you can't get something for the project, don't settle, try and get it. Um, you know, don't like settle for raising 30 grand. If you need more, if you realistically need more then raise more, keep going. Um, we want it to look good. And, you know, want it to look, well, who was it? Robert, somebody said, you want it to look like we spent millions of dollars on this when we really spent $50,000 on this. So, because the better it looks and the better, it, more, the more enjoyable it is, you know, a network's going to want to pick it up and we can all be on a series for four to five seasons together. So, yeah, it's crazy how that model has changed um, really I think, yeah, maybe if you're an established writer, then you can write a script and have a network develop it. But now yeah. in order, like realistically, if you're starting from scratch, yeah, you pretty much do have to do exactly what you're doing, which is write it and actually produce the pilot. Yep. And then. Yeah. yeah. And how it works with, um, <clears throat> with TV pilots is, uh, we will shoot this for this pilot for Kingsblade. We'll make it look great. And then we'll have to reshoot it. Yep. Because how it works, if people, if people listening don't know how TV pilots work is you shoot a pilot and the original pilot you shoot never stays the same. You will always get a lump sum of money from people who pick it up and you'll have to rewrite it and reshoot it with other people. So, mm -hmm. um, but I'm also hoping that if this does get picked up, I want to have everyone who's involved in this come back at some way or another if not as the same character as you know a different character i the people like i said you know what like if i would love to have everyone in this project come back either for like for like the entire series or like you know a couple episodes or one episode or whatever because i do know that the team we've assembled for this project is special i'm like you know i don't want to just like shoot the proof of concept then never hear from me again i would love to have them come back so Especially my co-writer. My co-writer, he, we, and I have like an idea for like two seasons worth of stuff so far, and don't want it to go to waste. So yeah, <laughs> yep. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about today? Um, I think you've covered most of it. Where Where are you living right now? By the way, are you in California right now? 
I wish. <laughs> I have not seen my family in a long time. Sierra and I are staying at my mother-in-law's place outside of Chicago. Okay. Um, and we have been here for oh, far too long. But um, we get to leave soon. That's a great thing. We, we left New York on the last day of May. Had planned to come out here to just... Um, spend some time in suburbia and go up to the lake. They have a lake that they own in Northern Wisconsin, go up there, spend the summer here, go back in August. And then a bunch of things that I won't go into happened to where it led to us staying here. And this year was Christmas with her family here. So we kind of stuck around to the holidays. We're supposed to leave in January and then realized we have to get a lot of dental work done. Let's just stay here where it's cheaper in Illinois, where our insurance is based and then when that's done, we'll go. And I think we are finally approaching the time where it's not just me who's stoked to go back home. I think Sierra is finally like, okay, I'm cool to go back now. I'm like, oh, finally. So, yeah, because um, it's nice to visit family, but only for so long. Only for so long. We have been here in the Midwest with my in-laws <clears throat> for almost nine months can't can't go any longer i can't go too much longer <laughs> mm -hmm. and i think um i think you'll find i feel like we're about to enter into an exciting time in new york as like creative artists so i'm, I'm looking forward to to the coming months and probably coming like three years i kind of see and am hoping to be a part of the creation of a, a renaissance um here in new york in the art world you know yeah um if i may ask um how have things been out there been okay yeah i mean i've been pretty much doing things from home for the most part like i haven't been commuting to work i haven't been bartending or anything i've been just working and writing from home uh bushwick my wife owns a store in bushwick um, that's in walking distance from, from our place. So yeah, like our Bushwick is kind of a more quiet community. I mean, it's lively, but it hasn't changed that much. You know, there's art outdoor seating everywhere. So people are still going to bars and restaurants, not the same way. Like I don't go to dinner as much, but yeah, but one thing, if one thing, I want to ask a couple follow-up questions, but I would say one thing that 2020 is, uh, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, puberty. <laughs> one thing that 2020 has taught me is to really, there is absolutely a way to make the best of a bad situation. Mm -hmm. And if people don't want to do that, that's on them. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, yeah, we can't, you know, do like this, this, and this, but we still have this, this, and this. So it's like, you know, don't be all doom and gloom about everything. Like there are still things we have, we can enjoy and you have to enjoy them until everything comes back. Um, but I wanted to ask, um, how did, does your wife feel safe walking around New York by herself? Yeah. Yeah. It's not as, now I do think Bushwick is different from Manhattan. Like you don't have as many like abandoned streets. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, it's not like what people are saying on TV. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, I've kind of re-fallen in love with New York. It, 
I have a lot of friends who have done the same. They're like, I can't believe I live here, even in the midst of all this. So yeah, like it's like there's always been an edge in New York. There can always be crazy things yeah. that happen. But no, for the most part, it's the same city. Um, it is a little bit. I think it might be a little bit more rough around the edges, but I think it's going to be in a good way. Yeah, because I feel like it was getting too affluent like in an exclusive way where it's like it was felt like it was getting to a point where it was like only for rich people um and yeah i feel like i i feel really excited to be here honestly and like i really believe that especially as artists it's going to be a great time coming in coming up soon um, like always though you always have to like it's it is the big city and in any city like in Chicago you know in any city you have to be careful but also like the suburbs bad things can happen people can get burglarized in the suburbs you know so I'm just asking all these questions people because we head back in you know about nine days eight days a week actually and we haven't been back in nine months and I'm asking I'm like what are we going to come back to? And it sounds like it's, it's different, but it's not the anarchist war zone that people here are saying it is. No, you'll come back to a New York. That's a little bit quieter. That's what I hear, but still has that same magic energy that it's always had. Um, the city's going to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, life will go on like it will get back to normal it just takes some time but mm -hmm. i'm just i'm sorry i've been i've been surrounded by people in the last nine months who think we're gonna be wearing masks forever and I'm like no we're really not so so forgive me if i had to pick your brain on that on non-kings by related stuff i just wanted to make sure that you know i have a fair point in this argument so <laughs> yeah yeah no and when, when we get back we're gonna you know we're going to film Kingsblade and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be great. And I don't know if you've read the script that I sent you or not, but um, the ending actually of the project changed to where your character is involved with something really, really big. Um, mm -hmm. I'm also excited that Joanna is going to get to be on set with us. Cause mm -hmm. I, when, the second I met her, I'm like, I adore you. You are professional. You are sweet. Your fight reel kicks ass. Yeah. And it's funny. She was the reason um, our director's like, could one of these characters be a female, one of the mercenaries? I'm like, sure, you know, why not? If the right person comes along and then Joanna came along, I'm like, that character can be a female because of her. Yeah. We only called back one person for that role because I was like, I know she's going to nail it. I just want the team to see her nail it too. And when she was done, I was like, do you all agree? And they're like, yeah, cast her. I'm like, done. There you go. So I'm very much looking forward to being with her. And I'm also, I'm glad that you guys get to work together because you know each other. And yeah, yeah so... I'm excited, man. I'm really, really, really stoked that the callbacks thing was also one of the biggest exciting points for, because, you know, I wish it could have been in person, but it was still the first time for me where I'm like, I'm behind the table casting this and I have a say in it. And I also finally know that when people don't cast you, it's it really, not about, it, yeah. yeah, it really is nothing personal. I'm like, I'm like, bullshit. Yes, it's personal. And being involved in this, I'm like, no, it's really not. It's just, do you fit the mold or not? And if you don't, it's not on you. It's they have a vision in mind. 
and like, Oh my God, I get it more than ever now. I totally get it. So yeah. Yeah. That's like a big thing that I did that I, when I took time off from acting and then came back, like one of the big things I realized, especially thinking about, thinking about it from the perspective of a writer, thinking about it from the perspective of a director, sometimes you could even as an actor give the best audition, like, and be like kind of the best character. Like if you were to think of this character, this person would fit it to a T. However, I cast this other character this, this way and even though this person objectively fits the character, if that character existed in a vacuum, they don't make sense with this version of this other character. So it's yeah. like, it's, it can not, it can just be, there's different things you're fitting together, you know? Yeah. Um, Sierra had a friend who she did Beauty and the Beast with, who is this really big dude. Like he's a big muscular guy. He's a handsome guy. And we're trying to find Kirkus. I was like, I want to read this guy for Kirkus. And the team's like, okay, fine, sure. And then we read him and I'm like, guys, I want to put him in the role. They're like, we don't feel why and here's why. And they said a bunch of stuff and eventually they were like, do you know if he had auditioned for Muldoon, he'd be like, he looks the part for this for Kurthis, but he's he read and has the charm and charisma of a Muldoon. And he's honestly too good to put in the role of Kurthis because he's, he's just not, he doesn't fit it. Um, he's not like that like muscle kind of brute type he's like the cunning intelligent like manipulative i'm like that's a good way of putting it without making it sound like you're not good enough for the part like so i sent him an email saying this he's like wow i never get emails back like this thank you for letting me know the feedback i don't feel discouraged at all i'm like that's that's good so i was trying to tell you because you were simply too good for this track we're more fitting for this one when it was already cast so yeah, it's not personal at all. It's just like, if you fit the mold, great. If you don't, then we have to move on. So when theater comes back, I will take every rejection with that mentality. of like, you know what? Didn't fit the mold. It sucks, but that's okay. Because I get all, it more than ever. <laughs> yeah, and I also find it's helpful when also for like building relationships with other actors to realize like we're competing in a way for parts and stuff, but it's like, we're not in a race where one of us is going to run faster. And then that's why we're going to get the part. So it's like, even though we're going in for the same roles, we're not the same person, even though we're called for the same thing. And yeah. so it's like, I can either look at you like, Oh, you're my competition. We're always called in for the same thing. It's always between me and you. And I can look, I can kind of have this, this barrier between us, kind of this like competitive in an unhealthy way thing, or it can be like, Hey, it's you again. Like we get called in for the same thing. We can be like, we can actually be friends um, and be happy. Like, it's like, Oh, cool. Like it's just a much healthier thing. Cause you realize like, it's, I find it's helpful every time like I learn again, that it's not all about me, you know? Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, by realizing kind of reframing that whole thing, it's like, yeah, you can build friendships instead of then having a bad feeling every time 
your call then with this person, you know? It's a great way of looking at it too. And I, I, I want to try and adapt that when theater comes back as well, because there are definitely people I see where I'm like, God damn it. Why is that person here? Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm like they're good and they're better looking than me. But, you know, we've been in the same room a lot together. It's hard to find that, that balance when you're in a competitive business. You're like, good luck, <laughs> asshole. But you're also trying to like, you know, you don't wish that, but you're like, I want the part. So that's why I'm thinking that way. But yeah, I think I how I approach that differently. So, and I think how I frame it is sort of like, I don't know who else they called in. I don't know. Like I'm going to do my best. It's not up to me if they cast me. So it's not up to me if they cast that person. So yeah, I can wish them good luck. I'm not saying it's not that I'm saying I want you to have the part more than me. It's just sort of like, you know what? I can honestly say that I hope one of us gets it. Yeah. Cause maybe it's going to be somebody entirely different. It would be cooler if you got it. Then at least I, I knew that I was close at least. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was somewhere in the process. So. Yeah, absolutely. No, nice way to approach it. Of course. So. <laughs> um, so maybe to close this out, cause we talked some stuff that shouldn't, that, won't be in the podcast because um, we don't want spoilers and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Um, what are you most excited about moving back to New York? I will be very blatantly honest. I am excited to be in our own space again. I am excited to be in an apartment where it's just my wife and I and our dog. I here's the thing. I I like going home to see family, whether it's in-laws or my own family, but only for a certain amount of time. And we've been here for almost nine months, and I look forward to just being in our own space as adults again. I feel like I definitely moved home and I'm back with my parents again, which if some people had to do that when they left New York, it's fine. I, I get it, it's fine. But look, Sierra and I, we always had a choice. Some people had to some people had to move back home because they didn't have a choice. We have always had a choice because we are a good functioning couple together. You know, we both work a lot. We're both passionate. We're both, you know, driven and determined and very stubborn, both of us. Um, So I'm just looking forward to being also, that's home. Like this isn't home. This, like even California is not home anymore. They don't live there. I've lived there for five years now. That's my, that's our home. I know it's going to be different, but at the same time, like that's where we live. I miss, we went there in August to um, give our keys to our subletter. And I got emotional because I'm like, I don't even want to just stay here. I don't want to get on a plane and go back to Chicago. I want to stay here in our home. The first home as a married couple, by the way. So it's extra special. So I'm just looking forward to being back in our own space. Our little oasis, you know, is a great corner store down the street. There's a dog park down the street. Apparently, what neighborhood are you in? Washington Heights. Okay. Is it, you know, apparently gyms are back open. I can go back to my gym and work out on a regular basis again. I haven't worked out in like, it feels like eternity. I mean, my luckily my job, I work for FedEx. That keeps me physically fit because I'm lifting a lot of heavy boxes, but it's not the same as going on the treadmill. So I look I look forward to being back in New York in our own space and making my own daily routine again. Mm-hmm. Go to the gym, get a coffee, go eat breakfast, go to work, come home and write, sleep, repeat. And uh, what kind of dog do you have? We have an Australian Shepherd who is a very, very, very athletic, very fit always has to be moving kind of dog. So this is a good thing because he gets us out of the house. 
and gets mm-hmm. us you know, go on a walk, go to the park, get a car and go somewhere for the day with him kind of thing. So if we had a lazy dog, it'd be difficult because I would not get up and about, but um, it's just going to be good to be home again. Mm-hmm. That's what I miss, you know, and if, and if we are set to move when our lease is up in May, I want to enjoy being in New York while I can. We won't, yeah. be gone. we won't move out of there forever. We'll just move out for a little bit if we do. But Sierra is now considering just staying put. And I'm like, you know what? I That might be a good idea. So I'm sorry. I've talked in like circles in the last like 30 seconds. I'm just, it's going to be good to be in our own space and be home again. Mm-hmm. That's my answer there. So Nice. And do you have any final parting thoughts today? Um, I'm glad you asked me to do this. It was a lot of fun. I was like, um, an excuse to talk about this project that I'm so passionate about. Um, I'm glad I got to do it with you because you are in the project and um, I'm hoping you're as excited as I am. I did a podcast interview with somebody else back in August, but they were just fans of the web series I did. And they're like, can we interview you talking about King's Blade? I'm like, sure, why not? But this is different because you're in the project. I'm hoping you got excited when you, you know, read the story synopsis on Actors Access Hopefully you were excited when you read the callback material and learned what genre this is and what the piece is about. And I'm hoping you're just as excited as I am to make this thing a reality because I think you did a great job. You bring a, a, you brought a lot of great elements to it. And um, I should have mentioned this earlier, but um, the remaining parts we were auditioning for, we, we wanted to try and diverse them as much as possible. Um, and we did a good job. We have you, you know, we have other people who are actors of color. Joanna is a female Asian actress. Like we've diversified this and I'm, I'm really proud of it. So I'm excited to what all those people, including yourself are going to bring to the table. It's going to be great. Yeah. I'm super excited. Um, that's why I wanted to sit down with you. So I'm glad that, you know, glad that we're doing this. I look forward to the table read. Um, and I look forward to contributing in any way I can to making it, a reality. Um, so I'm just excited for, for the next, next steps. Um, yeah. yeah. Will I be able to mention this, um, podcast and share the link when it comes out to people on the live stream? Because yeah, I mentioned it, I mentioned I was doing it last week and I didn't mention your name or anything, but I mentioned I was doing a podcast interview about Kings, but they're like, send us the link when it's done. I'm like, I have to ask him first, but sure. I'll ask him. Yeah. And Perfect, because they'll want to hear all about it. They've been very cool. excited about it too. So yeah, and we're restructuring and kind of trying to organize more, like planning, production, and release. So yours, I actually know, is going to come out on uh, Monday. Fantastic! So. That is uh, the seventh. No, the fifteenth. Fifteenth. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Um, I will still be in bed recovering from puffy surgery jaw but um i will save that and when i do the stream um next weekend i will send it out to people so they can check a look at it cool sounds good well i wish you you know speedy recovery um smooth (laughs) operations i had a couple teeth taken out also uh like two summers ago yeah it's going to be an adventure. I, I have, I've had a teeth cleaning. I've had, you know, a polishing done. I've had a lot of dental work done in the last two weeks, but 
tomorrow is the big one where the teeth come out. So, and I've watched videos of people post-surgery. I'm like, oh man, this is going to be interesting. So, but better to do it here where we have a house and a car to go to than in New York. Cause if I can't imagine if Sierra had to pick me up from the dentist office and take me home on the subway, that'd be weird. So <laughs> better to do it here before we go back home than um, doing it back in New York. That'd be an adventure. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, all right, Matt. Um, I look forward to talking with you soon and yeah, making this thing happen. It's going to be awesome. I will say um, keep your eyes peeled for the table read. It's going to happen in the next 10 days or so. And then uh, I'll be home. We can get to work. It's going to be great. Cool. I'm looking forward to it. Me too, man. Oh, and tell Sierra I say hi too. Absolutely. She is downstairs hard at work on her own things, but absolutely I'm going to head down there because I'm hungry. So yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, man. I will talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Thanks again for the day, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So that was my conversation with Matt Provencil, the writer, creator, and soon-to-be star of Kingsblade, um, which we shoot in a couple of months. I'm so looking forward to it. As always, uh, check out the notes. And check out the links in the show notes, um, which will include that GoFundMe page. Um, please support that. Um, you'd be supporting me. You'd be supporting Matt. Um, you'd be supporting Kingsblade, which I'm, I'm just so excited about. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think it's going to be really good. And I look forward to sharing that with you down the line. Um, if you want to sh- support this podcast, please subscribe, rate, review, and share. Um, and, you know, hit me up on the socials. You can find me. Um, There's also a link to the Patreon in the show notes as well. And uh, yeah, I look forward to talking to you soon. Keep making what it is that you want to make. Follow your dream. And yeah, look at Matt. He had an idea. He stuck with it. He put it on paper. And then he raised money. And now we're going to get ready to shoot. Um, We have the table read coming up this week. So you can make things happen. Um, Just because they haven't happened yet. It just just takes you taking one step forward. And then another. And then another. And then another. I'll see you here on Thursday. And uh, I'll be talking to you from upstate. But uh, I hope you're well. I hope you stay well. And... Talk to you soon. Peace.